Dose of Leadership Podcast, episode 295. Welcome to another episode of the Dose of Leadership Podcast, the show that brings you inspiring and educational interviews with today's most relevant and motivating leaders. Each episode is dedicated to highlight real-life leadership and influence experts who dedicate their lives to the pursuit of the truth, common sense, and courageous leadership. And now, here's your host, Richard Ryerson. Hey, welcome to Dose of Leadership. So happy you're tuning into the show. Hopefully, you're finding Dose of Leadership a great resource for you and your leadership journeys. We talk to some of today's top thought leaders on the topic of leadership and how to become better leaders in every aspect of our lives. Great guest today, Ed O'Malley, the president and CEO of the Kansas Leadership Center here in Wichita, Kansas. Been dying to get him on the show for the past couple of years. I love what the Kansas Leadership Center does here. You're going to learn a little bit more about their mission and their vision and their values here on this show. But Ed really understands leadership, and I was so anxious to get him on the show, and, and he certainly didn't disappoint. He brings a lot of great leadership nuggets and insights and his view on leadership, and I learned a lot in this conversation. You know, Ed started out in the Kansas legislature, but then he took on a new challenge when he assumed the role and uh, and the founding role as president and CEO of the Kansas Leadership Center, and there he leads a group of dedicated Kansans creating a vision of civic leadership that still guides his view of Kansas today. And it's, it's a belief in leadership that, that we all resonate here at Dose of Leadership. You know, Ed believes that leadership is an activity. It's not a particular role. It's not about a position. It's not about a title. And it's that vision that Ed has helped create the skills, the training, the knowledge that are taught to this day at the KLC. And it's grown from that simple dream into an internationally renowned organization. And it is fantastic. I love what they do. He is the co-author of a pair of books. First one's called For the Common Good, Redefining Civic Leadership. And that tells the stories of five Kansans, their real live leadership dilemmas and how they found success by working through challenges. And then one of my favorites, a book called Your Leadership Edge, Lead Anytime and Anywhere. It breaks, breaks down the Kansas Leadership Center's leadership framework that empowers readers to put their own ideas into action. This conversation is really going to resonate with you. If you're a fan of the show, you'll really appreciate what Ed stands for. So thank you, Ed, for coming on the show. Hey, go check out my Legacy Leader Blueprint course. I'm always looking to film mastermind courses I just finished another one here in uh, late May with another group of five individuals, and it's a chance for you to watch my 20 videos online and then in four modules, and in between each module, you get to interact with me live in the group as we cement some of these uh, leadership materials on learning how to lead yourself, lead others, transformational leadership topics. It's a fantastic way to you to get some um, uh, jumpstart your leadership journey and it's all for 349 bucks. You can check out more at doseofleadership.com or richardryerson.com. Reach out to me at dose of, richard at doseofleadership.com. Tell me where you're at in your leadership journey. I respond to every email, and I love hearing about where, where you're, you are at in your journey. All right, without further ado, here's Ed O'Malley, the president and CEO of the Kansas Leadership Center. Well, Ed, I'm honored to have you on the show. Welcome to Dose of Leadership. Thank you. It's good to be with you, Richard. I've been wanting to do this for a long time. You know, you're right in my backyard in, in downtown. you got a beautiful facility downtown at the Kansas Leadership Center. You know, and, and I drove by it for a long time wondering, what is this place? And then when I finally got associated with some of you and, and learned what, what you guys are doing, it's just uh, phenomenal. But how did it start? I mean, how did something like the Kansas Leadership Center come into fruition? Yeah, thanks, Richard, for the question. You know, we've been around for about a decade now, and I had 
the privilege of starting KLC from scratch uh, and uh, quickly built an amazing team of people. But the idea really comes from an unlikely source, the, the Kansas Health Foundation, which oh. is a large philanthropy here in Kansas. And they believe that you can't create healthy, strong, prosperous communities without a whole lot more people exercising a whole lot more leadership. I think, Richard, you know this to be true when you work with companies and organizations. You know, the health, the strength of the company is connected to the quality of the leadership. And they began to feel that and thought, you know, maybe one of the biggest things we could do to improve the health and prosperity of the state is to invest a large amount of our resources into the creation of the Kansas Leadership Center. So they gave us this big lofty vision to build the leadership capacity of Kansans. They gave us a nice, healthy, large financial grant and uh, and then said, go after it. And they hired me to start the thing. So that's how we got started uh, over 10 years ago now. That's awesome. And what, give me some of the, um, I don't know, maybe some of the success stories, some of the things in that decade. What, what have you been most proud of? I mean, what are some of the things that you've seen since the KLC has been in existence? You know, Richard, it's um, it, it's interesting. I did not come to this work as an expert in leadership development. My background is in government and politics. I was a member of the Kansas House of Representatives. I resigned my seat to come uh, move down to Wichita to start the Leadership Center. So I, I came into this um, not as somebody who knew a lot about the field of leadership studies like you do, but somebody who had just been trying really hard to make a difference by exercising leadership, often failing at it, occasionally succeeding at it. So when we started this, um, my mindset was we, we had all these big questions. So that's a long answer to your precise question. But one of the things I'm most excited about, most proud of, is the approach we took. We, we, uh, we didn't grab our favorite leadership book off the shelf. We instead... Uh, went around and we listened to Kansans and we uh, went through a very disciplined process to figure out what do we, what do we mean by the word leadership? What is that? And is it something that can be, uh, can, can it be learned? If it can be learned, can it be taught? If it can be taught, can we evaluate whether we taught it? Uh, all these big questions. So I'm really proud of the way we approach this. We work with thousands of people a year now and there are neat stories of individuals doing neat things in their communities, making a difference uh, as an elected official or as a nonprofit executive or as a community-minded business person or a pastor. Uh, those stories now, uh, given the number of folks we work with, are quite numerous and it's exciting, it's fun, it's enriching, and we still have a long way to go. Yeah, for sure. But I think that a lot of times um, it's always exciting for me uh, and the whole reason why I do this show, why I'm in leadership development is because I'm always excited and it's very uh, gratifying when people who typically don't see themselves as leaders finally understand that they have way more influence than they think. And that seems to be an overriding theme of what the KLC is trying to uh, let people know that, look, you can make a difference no matter what your position, no matter what your title is. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, I think it is. And I think those of us, I think often the, le the leadership industry, we'll call it that, because it is, as you know, Richard, it's an industry. There, you know, there are yeah. a zillion books and workshops and programs and companies and, you know, you name it, involved in this field. And I think a lot of times we actually contribute, those of us in the field, we contribute to people feeling like they can't lead because we so tightly connect leadership with authority. We think right. it's the same thing often. And early on at KLC, we began to to really believe that leadership and authority are two totally different things. Well said, yeah. 
I think a lot, a lot of times, if, and, and 10 years ago, 15 years ago, I probably would have nodded my head and, and agreed with that statement if somebody said that to me. But I think the way I would have thought about it was, yeah, not yeah. Sometimes, sometimes people um, in those key roles exercise leadership, and sometimes they don't. Yeah, it's, it's just having the role doesn't mean you're leading. And I think we've tried to take it a step further at KLC by saying, no, no, uh, having the role or not having the role has nothing to do with whether or not you're leading. Uh, Rosa Parks is my favorite example, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, great example of somebody exercising tremendous leadership without authority. So they, you, you summed it up very nicely. Uh, we believe there's a difference and uh, we can all exercise leadership uh, and, we, and we need a lot more of us to do it too. Well, and it seems particularly when you, you're talking about um, community involvement and making a difference uh, both civically um, it, it w there seems to be this dependence almost uh, when we look at politics and it's still, you know, I, if I can just hire this type of person or vote for this person in, um, then things are radically going to change. I mean, certainly getting the right person in and, and getting being active in government and voting certainly makes a difference. But at the same time, I, I, I cannot overemphasize the importance of not relying solely on elected officials to make things happen in your community. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes perfect sense. You know, the I mean, a way of thinking about it is those who have been given authority, like an elected official or frankly, like a CEO, um, somebody gave them that authority. Right. And, and the person or the people who gave them that authority have very clear expectations. And usually the expectations involve not rocking the boat very much. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times the people in authority have a lot of trouble really exercising leadership because they have all these expectations placed on them. Uh, and I, you know, I'm not sure your thoughts on this, Richard, but we think leadership is always about change. Yeah. Always about change. And, um, you know, people tend to not like change that brings bad things to them. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it's, I think it's really, it's really a tough situation for those in authority because if they're promoting change, they're running the risk of disappointing a lot of people. And that might mean they lose their authority. So it gets complicated. We could talk about that for hours and hours. But that's kind of the mindset we take here. And how do we get people to understand we need leadership out of those key roles in our companies and our organizations, but we also need leadership from a whole lot of other people. And if we don't get it all around, we're probably not going to make the progress we want to make on the things that matter most. Yeah. And I think that the progress is, is, is hinged upon this idea of leadership for me anyway, that the ultimate goal of any leader, uh, be it a public official, elected official, or a, a private business, or even in your household the ultimate goal is to reach the level where you're actually transforming the lives of others. In other words, you're training, it's leaders training leaders. And that is so difficult to get to as opposed to kind of like, okay, hire the leader, you know, bring in the lone ranger to come in and save the day or bring in this large charismatic figure into a large organization and things will change. I mean, we see that all the time, time after time, but it's I, it, the sustainable growth, the one that leaves a legacy where long after the you know, maybe the original leader was there. It continues to go and thrive. I mean, that is dependent upon leaders training other leaders. And it seems like that's part of what you're trying to do at the KLC as well, too. Yeah, it's just a belief that we need, um, you know, our toughest problems. And I should, I should mention, Richard, the way we began this, I mentioned a little bit about that listening effort we did. We spent a year doing that, just listening, trying to figure things out. 
And the first question we asked everybody was, when you think about the future of Kansas, what concerns you the most? By the way, you can ask these same questions around the context of a company or sure. an organization, and it tends to get similar results. So the first question we asked people got them thinking about a big, deep, daunting issue that you know, 95% of the ways people answered that question, uh, th- those issues have been issues for a long time. Mm-hmm. And, and the, the re- we started with that question on purpose because we believe that leadership is connected to challenges, is connected to concerns. And um, if we want to make progress on the biggest concerns or the biggest opportunities, if you want to put a positive spin on it, uh, my my sense is, our belief is, you need a whole lot of people throughout an organization, throughout a state, whatever the context is, uh, stepping up and doing their part. But right now, we really, our, our society, our mindset isn't that. Our mindset is, uh, we ask a few people to do right. uh, amazing things that are probably unrealistic for them to be able to do. Meanwhile, we can sit back, the rest of us can sit back and, and not change and not do anything ourselves. Right. Uh, we're trying to build a culture in Kansas, uh, in organizations and across the state that uh, represents something different. You know, it's a great point. I think a lot of times um, the burden on uh, both the leader and uh, the followers, I guess, is it's overwhelming because if you're in a leadership role and you think it's your job to have all the answers to these large, challenging and difficult problems, then you're probably going to fail. And conversely, if you're not in a leadership role, if you're not the authority figure, you don't have the positional authority, um, depending on those few individuals or that lone ranger type individual to solve the problem, it's going to lead to failure too. And so it is a mindset shift on what leadership really means that, and I always say that we all are going to be called to it, whether we like it or not. Right. And so, I mean, throughout our life, we're going to get called to a leadership role or position, so it's in our interest to learn all we can about what it means to be an effective leader. And it isn't positional authority. You know, it is having that ability to say this is how things can be. To me, I think it's about for leaders like this is always painting the picture how it can be. And that goes back to your change comment. Right. I mean, it is about change. Like, look, this is how it can be. This is and kind of suspending the belief on how you're going to get there, just kind of knowing you're going to get there. But to get there, you got to have everybody involved. That means everybody kind of thinking and acting like a leader. What are your thoughts on that? What I said there? Yeah, I think it's um, I, I think it's all really important and tricky. And even the language we use, you know, we 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 encourage we encourage people. Uh, and, and you know, Richard, you don't have to buy this idea. You can just rent it if you want. But uh, we we actually when we have folks engaging with us, we encourage them to try not to even use the word leader. Yeah. Because we tend to, whenever we reference it, even if you just look at newspaper headlines, whenever you see the word leader referenced, it almost always is referencing somebody in authority or somebody in a role. And I think those of us in the business of leadership development don't even recognize all the times that we actually um, say things and do things that continue to perpetuate the belief that you've got to be in a, a role to lead. Yeah. And even using that word leader, it, it implies that you have to be, you have to have a role. Yeah. There's a, there's lead. a separateness there. Yeah, you're right. There's a separateness there that automatically just by saying it is like, Oh, okay, well he's in charge. Yeah. I'm going to sit back. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, yeah. The fact that I was, just as an example, the fact that I was in the legislature 
um, that I had a fancy title and a fancy office. Um, it doesn't tell you anything about whether I ever exercised. Right. right. Tells you that I got some job. You know, the fact that I'm a CEO of an organization now doesn't really tell you whether I'm effectively leading anything. You'd have to watch me. Is he mobilizing anybody mm-hmm. the most you know, to make progress on the most pressing issues of the day? Um, or is he just sitting up there, you know, casting votes or just sitting in his office kind of, you know, sending emails and giving pep talks to people? Um, and I think we, I think we need, I think those of us who care about leadership uh, for ourselves, just as individuals, or those of us who try to build it in other people, um, I think we need to set a higher bar. I think our bar really needs to be leadership is mobilizing people to make progress on tough challenges. Right. And if we're not mobilizing people to make progress on tough challenges, if we can't even identify the tough challenge we're trying to mobilize people around, um, I think we're doing ourselves a disservice. And the beauty, one quick thing here, Richard, the, the beauty of having leader, leadership, think of it as an activity that revolves around problems and challenges, it then I think becomes easier for the person who is in the middle of the organization or in, in the entry level of the organization or on the outside of the organization even, I think it becomes easier for them to think about what's their part mm-hmm. exercising leadership on that tough challenge um, rather than just letting go and assuming somebody else will take care of it. It's complicated, of course, but it's, um, it's a different way of thinking about yeah, it. Yeah, but to your point, no, I love, I love that. And you're absolutely right. I mean, I think it's not about it's, – it's, to me, it's the difference between – you know, what we typically do is we're lo- we're in love with the idea of leading, right? That gives me the fancy office, the, the great parking spot, right. the perks, the privileges, and the salary. But what we're talking about here is being in love with the actual act of leading. And that's a whole different ballgame, right? And and, yeah. and and you're right. Yeah. And, it's, and it's this idea of like, you're right, hey, I'm the leader. There's a separateness there. And again, it's not that everything's necessarily flat. But to your point, it's like if, if I'm – the leader that's understanding, look, the whole reason why I'm here, the whole reason why I have job security is to get us through this fear and uncertainty through this to, to try to tackle this large problem. That's the reason why leadership exists in the first place. And understanding that you don't have to have all the answers, but you're willing to be the person who's willing to accept the accountability for the success and particularly the failures of, of how far you get. Does that make sense? I mean, you, you're willing to be in the mud, if you will, the gritty and the grimy and the, and the gray area of leadership, because that's what it is. It's not really black and white. It's yeah. kind of messy. And, yeah. and, the, and the willingness to accept the accountability is kind of what I'm, I'm taking out of what you just said there. Well, I think the, um, yeah, I, I think what we really need to do, and I, and I don't see enough of this in the leadership, you know, literature, but we I really need to help people understand what does it look like to exercise leadership when you have authority. Mm-hmm. And I think what you just described is part of it, you know, accepting accountability uh, for the situation. I think it's a piece of it. You know, but I think we need to do more to help people know what does it look like to exercise leadership when you have authority? Um, what does it look like to exercise leadership when you don't have authority? Mm-hmm. I think they look different. Right. Uh, what are the restraints on exercising leadership when you don't have authority? Because there are restraints. But then also, what are the restraints on exercising leadership when you have authority? What gets in the way of exercising leadership, of mobilizing people to make progress on the toughest challenges? 
when you are the CEO, when you are the senior manager, when you are the governor, when you are whatever the role is. Because uh, I think there are real uh, things that get in the way of people in those key roles mobilizing people to work on tough problems. And so I think, I think in, the, in all the leadership books and all that kind of thing, I really think we all owe it to people to explore those dimensions more than they've been explored. Um, and I think as that happens, we'll all get better at understanding the, the distinction between leadership and authority. They're very different, but we still conflate them over and over and over again. Yeah, it's so true. I mean, I think it's, I, and the, as you were saying that, I was just thinking back, even having, you know, over four years having all these conversations, you're absolutely right that sometimes we don't, um, we don't go deep, deep enough in, in distinguishing the difference between the two. I mean, I, I'm certainly would like to think that I, it's clear to me, but even then I'm just thinking back to conversations I've had even the last couple months that, man, we could have gone a lot deeper in understanding that distinction. I love how you, you kind of marked out those different distinctions of, of saying, Hey, well, what does it look like when I don't have the positional authority? How do I lead? What are the constraints and what are the challenges? And vice versa, when you do have the authority, what are the challenges? Because they are completely different, right? I mean, in... In Richard, I I think part of the the issue is in most... um, And I'm not... Trust me, I'm not saying we've got to figure it out. We don't. We're we're, we're trying lots of things and we're we're making a bunch of mistakes, but we're learning along the way just like you are and others are. But So I'm not trying to claim we have it all figured out. But I think one key is if we put... Most leadership development type efforts, most leadership conversations and most leadership books and most leadership stuff tends – I look at it and I, I tend to think of it, of it as most of it puts the quote-unquote leader in the middle of the thinking, mm-hmm. the middle of the conversation. It's about how to be a great leader. You know, uh, 27, you know, approaches to being the leader of tomorrow or 20, you, you, you know, all the kind of frames that people put on. And I think if we instead don't put the person in the middle of our thinking and we instead put the problem in the middle of our thinking, Mm -hmm. the challenge, the, the opportunity, the, the, the thing that, that concerns people the most, right? If we put that in the middle of our thinking, and have all of our thinking about leadership revolve around a problem or a challenge or an opportunity, I think it dramatically changes how we think and how we talk and how we engage and how we teach people leadership. And But I think, I think most of us are oriented to putting the person in the middle of our thinking. So it's about developing a great person, a great leader, rather than it's about creating progress on a tough issue, which is going to require a whole lot of people to do different things. Uh, but ultimately, it's about progress. It's not about you know, we, 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 we talk about this a lot at the Kansas Leadership Center. We work with thousands of Kansans a year now. And as much as we care about them and we hope that their lives are enriched and they are better people because of the experience they had with the Kansas Leadership Center, we're actually trying to work through them. We're trying to – what we care most about is Kansas – becoming a stronger, healthier, more prosperous state. And Kansas becoming a place that solves problems faster, more effectively, more efficiently. That's the problem we're working on. And we have to work through all sorts of people to get there. The different orientation, I'm not sure if that's making sense or not. No, it does, yeah. I think it's, um, I think if we, if we just always ask ourselves, what's in the middle of our thinking right now? Uh, 
a person, a leader, the people, or the problem, the concern, the opportunity, it can help us. No, I, I, it makes perfect sense, and that resonates with me deeply because I think even if I'm talking from an organizational sense, um, what you're saying is exactly what I think is what drives uh, sustainable progress is that it's not about the leader. It's never about them. And as to your point, you know, so much leadership development is like how do you become a more influential leader Mm-hmm. You know, and it's all about you, but the real, the, the challenge, I think the biggest gap in leadership in both, and again, I'm, I'm not, I'm not that familiar with government, but it's all the same. I mean, where people are people, but I mean, is understanding like, what is it you're trying to accomplish? And if the leader, and I think to me, it's all about intent. And I think if you're in a leadership role, I think the biggest part of your job is maniacally communicating where you want to take this and what problem you want to solve to your point, right? It's understanding and communicating with clarity and alignment what the intent, what it is you're trying to accomplish. And the more that you – and I don't think you can over-communicate it. I really don't. I think yeah. that I think you can never – you cannot over-communicate what it is you're trying to accomplish and why. But that's where most people miss the point. And then if you turn it over to – you know, where the real leadership happens, the middle and below, in my opinion, that's where you're going to start to see the solutions coming forth, right? That's where the empowerment, the engagement, everything starts to come forth as long as the, air quotes, leadership is focusing on what it is you're trying to accomplish and why, right? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's and part of it is with those tough, tough problems. And we, as we listened around Kansas and we started with that question. When you think about the future of Kansas, what concerns you the most? But again, you could ask, you could be working with a, right, anybody, with anybody. any company and ask that same question in their context. And they're going to give you a big, deep, messy challenges. And now the, the next question we asked people was, okay, well, um, what makes progress difficult on the thing that concerns you the most? And the next question we asked was, okay, well, what in the culture uh, of, of this place helps make progress? What in the culture uh, hinders progress on the thing that concerns you the most? What are the driving forces affecting the thing that concerns you the most? Eventually, we got to the question of what type of leadership do we need? Um, but when you, when you, and we, we, we later began to realize that people were describing to us what Ron Heifetz and Marty Linsky out of the Kennedy School of Government at Harvard described as adaptive challenges versus technical problems. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we, come, we came to believe that leadership is about the adaptive work. It's about helping organizations and communities adapt so they can thrive. And if, if you think about it that way, um, those big, big, huge challenges, um, you know, it's not like a, you know, a university president might want to create a stronger culture on campus. But the president alone can't do that, right. you know. Or a president of the United States might want to overhaul health care, but they can't do it by themselves. Right. I mean, they need thousands of people to be a part of it. You know, a CEO of a company on those biggest challenges. If, if when they think about the future of their company, what concerns them the most is the degree to which they're keeping up with with innovating, like their competitors are. You know, the CEO innovating faster is not enough. You know, he right. needs. That frontline person who is just out of college and this is her first job, he needs her to innovate. Exactly. So it's um, to us that the frame of thinking about these adaptive challenges, these big messy challenges, and, and that they require more leadership for more people, it sure helped us get our arms around this topic. Yeah, well, I mean, 
it, it can seem almost, it, well, it is overwhelming a lot of times when I, the more I think about it and you look at those messy challenges, I mean, to me, leadership is always the answer to it all. Leadership in a lot of ways is so easy to understand, at least the fundamentals of it, but it's so difficult to put into play. And why, why is it? Why do you think it is so difficult? I mean, you're hitting on some of the reasons why, but in, why, yeah. why is progress so difficult? Why is adaptive change so messy and so difficult to put into play? Yeah, Richard, a couple things come to my mind. One of them is I think we've already talked about that we conflate leadership with authority. So, and, and those in authority often uh, can't lead or, or right. they, they're the least well positioned to, to do some of the tough things because they'll lose their authority if they do. Um, but I think there's other things at play too. I believe leadership is incredibly risky. I think that's why it's so rare. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I think if leadership is about change, and and we're not and we're usually trying to adapt or trying to evolve or trying to help groups let go of things they need to let go of and take on things that are unknown. That's risky work, and most often we get rewarded in our lives for doing things that just make people happy. And I think when folks are leading, they tend to be disappointing their own people, at least in, at the beginning. They tend to be, sometimes we talk about leadership as disappointing your own people at a rate they can't absorb. <laughs> um, and I think that's, there's a lot of truth to that. So I, I think the risk involved with leadership um, is one of the main reasons why we don't see it very often. We see the exercise of authority a lot. We see that, but people really leading, people um, people uh, doing things that that create the conditions for their company to fundamentally change, right? Well, we might know our company's headed in a bad direction, but we at least we're at least comfortable with what we know, and the unknown it seems scary, and I don't want to take us there, right? Uh, so I think the risk is a big reason why leadership uh, is is rare. Uh, I think another big reason is folks just simply um, haven't thought about what actually it is very much. They they we all have you know as you and I know leader, leadership is an incredibly trendy subject, and most of us aren't clear on what we mean when we say it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's about vision or values or about being a good person or about modeling the way or all, whatever catchphrase you want to use. And um, I think that's another reason why it's just hard to hard to apply it because we don't really know what we're even applying sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what it means. You're absolutely right. And the catchphrases of, of um, you know, what what's the next – but to your point, it, it, it always seems to go back to how do I, you know – become the center of it almost. Right. And so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you, Richard, I know uh, we're winding down here, but you, yeah, my, my understanding is you have a background in the Marine Corps and, um, you know, you, you probably understand better than most people that there, and that, you know, that when there's an objective leadership is going to be, uh, uh, evaluated based on, did we accomplish the objective or not? Right. Um, and there might be certain traits you want to carry as you attempt to accomplish that objective. There might be ways that are more effective to accomplish the objective. But at the end of the day, it's did we accomplish the objective? Did we make progress on the concern? Yeah. Uh, I think we need more folks thinking that way. And um, and we'll get there. We'll get with your good work and, and the good work of other organizations. Uh, we'll, we'll all get there. Well, to, yeah, you're, you're right. And I think it's all about well, the big takeaway that I'm getting from this conversation. And, and it reinforces what we talk about here on Dose of Leadership is – it is about 
it's never about the leader per se. It's always about them. And when I say them, it's the people that are trying to solve the challenges and the problem itself. And when you understand what it is you're trying to accomplish and why, then that is kind of the framework of why leadership is needed. And then as a leader, instead of using positional authority to get it done, you, in my mind, it's, it's getting other people to think and act like leaders too, so that they can use their influence in support of the intent of what you're trying to accomplish and why. I mean, if you state the big objective is that we're trying to do X, Y, and Z by this, and everybody knows as key stakeholders how their role feeds into that, to me, that's that's engagement. That's that's where the big solutions happen. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've tried to come up with the solutions and it's been an abject failure, but when I've turned it loose to the people I was accountable for, they came up with ideas that blew me away, you know? Yeah. And if we yeah. can, and if you can mimic that in an organization, you can certainly mimic that in a community, in a state, in a nation. It's the same. It's just the numbers are different. Yeah, yeah. It's a good way of thinking about it. It's a great way of thinking about it. Man, I love what you guys are doing. I mean, I just scratched the surface, you know, and and uh, being knowing a handful of people there, and now meeting you, and I love the work that you're doing. And I know it's it's uh, it is the Kansas Leadership Center, but I mean, you um, it your work reaches beyond the state. So, how can people get in touch with you? I mean, what are some of the programs and services you can provide uh, people who are in the state, but maybe people who are outside of the state as well? Yeah, sure, Richard. Thanks for the question. Um, yeah, well, our, our mission is very much focused on Kansas, but we do love engaging with those outside of our state. One, because we learn from them. Uh, and two, we're trying to inspire additional things like the Kansas Leadership Center elsewhere in the country and beyond. Uh, we do a lot of work in places like Australia and um, a number of other places around the world where we spent some time. And we have folks coming to our programs now from all all states, and it's really exciting. Uh, so kansasleadershipcenter.org is the website, all spelled out, kansasleadershipcenter.org. Dot org. We also, Richard, have a another website called yourleadershipedge.com, and that's a web-based portal where we engage people virtually with these ideas through a lot of video chats and different things like that. Uh, your listeners might be interested in that, yourleadershipedge.com or kansasleadershipcenter.org. Uh, either way, we'd love to connect and we'd be happy uh, to be a resource to any of your listeners. Well, I'll have links to all that on the post. And Ed, this has been a fantastic conversation. I look forward to uh, working with you and collaborating with you in the future since you're right in my backyard. And uh, yeah. this has been a very uh, engaging conversation and even got me thinking. So I had a lot of takeaways for me, but I really appreciate you coming on the show, Ed. Hey, thanks for the opportunity, Richard. I appreciate it. Hey, thanks for tuning into the show. Go to richardryerson.com or doseofleadership.com and fill out the contact page and reach out to me. Let me know where you're at your leadership journey. Also, if you want access to my brand new online leadership course to help become a better leader, go to legacyleaderblueprint.com. Fill out your email and you gain access to a free 12-minute video that will reveal the top secrets of leadership and also show you how you can gain access, exclusive access, to my online leadership course. That's LegacyLeaderBlueprint.com. Hope to see you on the inside. Thanks for tuning into the show. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit kia.com to learn more. 
Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824.